This is the Action Network Podcast. It's good. Oh. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast 2022 NFL free agency outlook. We are now discussing the NFC. Brendan Glasheen, Chris Raybon, Chris, an NFL analyst at the Action Network. Great to have you joining us. Be sure to check out our episode on the AFC. We're splitting them up into two different sections just to keep it easy for traffic. And we also have our wonderful voiceover queen tina will help us go through team by team in the nfc if you hate gambling go listen to npr so we will start things off with the dallas cowboys dallas cowboys in the nfc east they are the reigning division champs upset at home by the san francisco 49ers there are questions around mike mccarthy his status as the head coach going forward at least there's rumblings you know sean payton's out there now yada yada all right chris raybon dallas cowboys there's always always a need you can find with the cowboys isn't there yeah i mean they need to get rid of that zeke contract but they can't so they're not gonna have too much cap space uh, but I, I'm looking at their defensive line because they were number two in pass defense DVOA a year ago, 16th against a run. Uh, didn't really have anyone that gave them above average play on the interior. So I think, you know, they're not going to have a lot of money. So maybe they go out and get a guy like Sheldon Richardson on a one-year deal for cheap. And then even on the edge, I think they may need to, to, to add someone because, you know, they've already come out and said Michael Parsons is not going to be like a full-time edge player. Um, they could save $19 million by cutting uh, Demarcus Lawrence, so they might have to do that. Uh, but then you also have Randy Gregory and Dorrance Armstrong, who are free agents. So there's a lot of questions about who's going to be on the edge. And, um, you know, if you want to be a, an elite team and make a deep postseason run, you're going to need, you're going to need that pass rush. Um, and you're going to also need just some, some better play on that defensive line, get after the quarterback with four. So uh, that's, that's where I'm looking. You know, I, I, th- I think Jason Pierre-Paul might be an option, but he was just not very good. He just fell off a cliff last year, but uh, he would have come cheap at least. So uh, I think that's kind of the guys they're going to be looking at unless they uh, cut Lawrence. As a reminder, folks, we go team by team in the NFC. If you want to look for your favorite team, a team you are following closely, a team you want to learn more about as free agency looms, you can find it uh, with the timestamps here on the pod. Let's go next to a team. And we're, by the way, there is some news uh, that did break this week on the NFC East, the team in particular. So we will get to that. Let's go to the Eagles next. They were a playoff team. Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia, just over $17 million in cap space. We still we think there's a chance they're going to believe in Jalen Hurts here going forward at quarterback. There's questions at receiver. And you also think, Chris, they can do some things here in free agency to address the back end of their defense. Yeah, I think the back end is very important for a team like this. You know, we know Jonathan Gannon and his scheme. Um, you know, they, they want to kind of sit deep and keep things in front of them and not give up the big play. So their safeties 
Um, Cloud and Harris, they're both unrestricted free agents. They were both below average uh, in coverage last year. So I think Marcus Williams, who's the top safety on the board, uh, is a really good fit here. Uh, Pro Football Focus charts him uh, as a top seven safety in four of his five professional seasons, including each of the last three. Uh, I think you're going to need to pay, you know, upwards of $15 million per year to get him. But I, I, they can do it. They're middle of the pack in cap space. I think it would be worth it. And then I think a veteran wide receiver would help. You know, Smith is obviously going to be the future for them. But I think they – and Goddard, you know, on the inside. But I think they need somebody to kind of take the pressure off Smith. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster could make some sense, you know, would make a big target. Quez Watkins was playing a lot of slot last year. Um, but his average up to target was really high. So, that, you know, maybe they could let him go outside a little bit more, have Juju play in that possession role. Uh, or, you know – Allen Robinson, I think, you know, a big bodied guy uh, could also take some pressure off him. And Robinson wouldn't even necessarily have to be that number one guy in this offense, um, but he could be kind of that one, a one B kind of situation with Smith. So uh, I think Robinson's another guy, but Marcus Williams really uh, on the defensive end is the guy who I'd like to see them sign. Washington football team. We suspected in our AFC episode that the Colts would have to explore the quarterback market because we thought they're not going to stay with Carson Wentz. There's too much pressure on the general manager, Chris Ballard, the head coach in Frank Wright. Well, news breaking this week. Carson Wentz has been traded to the Washington football team, now known as the Commanders, for a package of picks that includes two third-rounders, Washington, Chris, is taking on Wentz's full contract. That's according to Adam Schefter of ESPN. They will pay him the full $28 million this year, which includes a $5 million roster bonus that's due next week. I'm using Schefter's line here, but from now on, it's Commander Carson. That's kind of nice. But what does it do to the commander's free agency spending plan in terms of their cap space? I I don't like this move. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I get it. I get it. You wanted a guy at quarterback, but I mean, is Carson Wentz going to be a major upgrade on whatever they had going on? I don't know. I mean, he just kind of Carson Wentz, the, or at least the Wentz we've seen ever since that, that great season he had a, a few years ago ha, has just been this guy that's not really a difference maker. And he's actually going to hurt you more often than not. So like last year, he wasn't turning the ball over, but uh, he didn't come up big. I still, this is kind of a similar situation where, you know, they have one good receiver and granted McLaurin is better than Michael Pittman, but it's like, you have one good receiver and now you've, you've given up some cap space. Cause you, they were uh, in the top eight, you know, before this trade now, and obviously they're going to drop. So I, you know, I, I don't love this move. I don't, I just don't think it's a needle mover. You know, I think, you know, like the Rams with Stafford last year, that was a needle moving Type of type of move. I, I just don't think this is a needle mover for them. Uh, I do think that I, I, you know, on defense, you know, let's switch it around because their defense really let them down. And that's kind of if you have Carson Wentz, you're going to need a defense. And you have the you have the front, you have the line, right? And you have some talent on the back end, even though uh, the past defense wasn't good for, for much of last year. You have some talent on the back end, uh, but linebacker is a big sore spot for them. I mean, you know, Holcomb was the only guy that was even average Bostic was terrible I would like to see them make a run in a guy like Devondre Campbell you know we'll see what what kind of salary he commands 
you know, he really stepped up and was a, a top two linebacker last year, but, you know, hadn't always been that good, but he could play a three down role. Um, so he's a guy that I kind of had circled, but uh, we'll see how, you know, the Wentz move kind of affects their cap space. But I think linebackers is a key because their defense is going to have to carry them. You have Carson Wentz and, and one good receiver right now and, and, some, and a good running back, but you know, <laughs> right. Which, you know, Antonio Gibson is still new to the position. If we're being honest, he's still at least not, you know, he played it last year, but still new to the position. And Mark Mayhew, second year general manager with the football team. You wonder, I'm just speculating now, I'm looking ahead here. I mean, with Ron Rivera as the coach, you wonder if Rivera had a say and what they wanted to do here. But how, right, I think, Chris, your, your initial reaction <laughs> it, is a good one. How much delusional upgrade, here? They're delusional. How much of an upgrade here. are you really making? Yeah. yeah like, have you heard, like, all you, like, I don't know if you've heard some of the quotes this offseason from Rivera. And, like, listen, it's puff piece season. Everyone's kind of talking up everybody. But Ron Rivera is like, yeah, I like my, I like our wide receiver depth behind Terry McLaurin. Like, what wide receiver depth? Like, it's like, they, you know, this, it's, they thought they had a chance at Russell Wilson. And he was like, nah, I want to go to a team with a good roster. You know, like, I think this team, evaluating your own talent is so important in, in the NFL because that's not only going to, you know, kind of let you find value in terms of the contract situations, but it's going to tell you, you know, who you need to go out and get and how you need to kind of construct this thing. And I, and I think Washington, you know, I think Rivera is a, a decent coach, but I just think some of the personnel evaluation is off in Washington. All right, let's move things along here. Let's spend a minute on the giants. What do you think? New York giants. They're probably going to get Mitch Trubisky and who could beat out Daniel Jones. So that that's something, uh, you know, following Dayball over from uh, Buffalo. But uh, I think you look at them, they don't have much cap space. Uh, they're actually in over the cap, I believe, as it stands. So they're going to have to find some cheap interior linemen. That, that's what I think they need to do. Um, Ted Karras is an option. Ode Abushi. Uh, Austin Blythe, these are the types of guys that the Giants are going to have to to kind of go out and, and sign, and you probably can get you know five mil a year or or less. Uh, and, and I think you know multiple interior linemen, even three, uh, would be worthwhile for this team because you're not able to value whatever you got going on with Dable, with Jones, or Trubisky, or whoever it is, if you don't have you know, guys that can at least give them a chance to, to set in the pocket and throw the football. Green Bay Packers. NFC North, Green Bay Packers answer their number one offseason question. Aaron Rodgers will be back next year. We still have yet to find out if the contract is, is actually happening because he goes on Twitter and says, nope, that's not happening. So who knows? Anyway, he's, he's confirmed he's back next year. Packers come up short again in the playoffs. What do they do to put something around him that will appease him because last year it was Randall Cobb. What is it now? What do they do? I hope it's not Randall Cobb. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that, but so listen, Green Bay can't really do anything right now. They're dead last in cap space. I think they're like $46 million over the cap, uh, roughly according to uh, over the cap.com. So I, from the looks of it, they may have to cut, you know, some, some, somebody or a couple of guys, both Smiths, Preston and Zadarius, uh, could save upwards of $10 million each toward the cap. So, so one or both of those guys may be casualties. I think it's going to be kind of more of the same with Green Bay. You know, they're not going to make a flash in free agency. Probably just going to go to look to resign some of their, their guys. You know, maybe MVS. You know, maybe they bring Campbell back. He played well. Uh, uh, Tunyon, they're going to need a tight end. Uh, Lewis could be a cap, cap casualty as well. So 
you know, wide receiver is always going to be the thing that I think they need to really get over the hump. I mean, look at that loss to San Francisco, you know, Rogers just launching it to Devonte Adams, pretty much no matter what the coverage, what's the situation uh, they need another wide receiver, but they're going to have to part ways with a couple of good players to even do that. So I, I just expect more of the same from green Bay. Um, and it's just going to kind of run it back. Another who he trusts is the key to that sentence as well. Right. And Adams right. was Adams was tagged this week by the Packers. How about the Vikings? Minnesota Vikings. They make changes at general manager and at coach. They've got stars everywhere. Justin Jefferson, you got Kirk cousins, I think on the, in the final year of that monster contract, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. So he's, and that's a lot of guaranteed money. What can the Vikings do as free agency starts next week? The Vikings actually don't have much cap space there. I think they're right. bottom five. Cousins is accounting for about 22%. Unbelievable. Um, so, you know, they're actually pretty cap strapped. I would say, uh, and if you're a Vikings fan, I'm sure you would agree that cornerback is probably what you want to see uh, them do something with. Uh, Patrick Peterson, a free agent, Mackenzie Alexander was graded by PFF as the worst cornerback uh, in the league. So, you know, they have this new defensive coordinator Ed Donatelli he comes over from Chicago. Maybe he brings some of the guys he used to play with, or, or they signed some of the guys he used to have out there. Kyle Fuller, who wasn't good last year, but you know, maybe that was a schematic issue uh, or a Bly- Bryce Callahan, excuse me. Uh, both of those guys would probably come cheap, maybe in the five to six million dollar per year range. So, uh, yeah, I don't think Minnesota can do too much, but they're going to have to sign uh, and they're going to have to get some value uh, in free agency at the cornerback position, I would think. Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears could be an interesting, an interesting team, because as we discussed in the AFC, the quarterbacks on rookie contracts. I mean, Justin Fields, we still don't know what he can be as a franchise guy. But you have that luxury of the rookie contract. They are in the top 15 of teams in the league that do have money to spend. Mm-hmm. How does Chicago also with a new coach, new GM? Listen, they gave up 58 sacks last year. That was most in the NFL. So uh, I think they need to go get a tackle. I mean, you know, Jenkins, may, you know, do they look at him as a left tackle? Or did they look at him as a right tackle? Or is he not in the plan at all? Who knows? I would think you're going to give him at least, you know, this year to, to start at one of those two positions. So if they're going to start him at left tackle, I think Morgan Moses could be an option at right tackle. Um, kind of a, a veteran guy who can get the job done. They flirted with him last year in free agency, but, you know, they were thinking of putting him at left tackle. He didn't want to play left tackle. So for, for that situation, he would, he would it would have to be Jenkins at left and then Moses at right. I think Eric Fisher is another possibility because he has that connection with Eberflus from Indianapolis. So uh, I, I think they really need to shore up that, that offensive line. And uh, it doesn't have to be like a Teron Armstead because they have a lot of holes, you know, so they're, they're about, you know, they have over $20 million in cap space. They're in the top half of the league, uh, but they have a lot of holes. So I don't know if throwing money at a guy like Armstead as good as he is um, makes sense. I think if they can kind of get some solid above average, um, guys uh, or, or guys at tackle uh, and on shorter deals, kind of just, you know, okay, so we can evaluate fields and, and give them some protection. Uh, I think that's what you want to do. But I think you definitely want to kind of overhaul uh, this offensive line and you need another receiver, maybe DJ Chark. I think he would be interesting. You know, Darnell Mooney was, uh, you know, kind of emerged last year. So I think Robinson's not going to be back. Maybe you get a cheaper version of Robinson and a guy like DJ Chark. 
um, who probably cost, you know, three to five million dollars per year less. Um, so that, that's what I think you do if you're the Chicago Bears. Detroit Lions. What masked the Detroit Lions from being very bad was they were very likable because Dan Campbell just had, you know, amazing post-game press conferences and kept those guys believing and feels like they're still believing in them. But look, based on what you discussed with me before we started here, a lot of needs still for the Lions. They did sign Josh Reynolds uh, to a contract uh, just, just the other day, but a lot more needs to be said defensively, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I start with the secondary for the Lions, and they are, you know, top ten in cap space. They have over twenty five million, um, so they should be able to do some things here. Uh, safety, cornerback, those two positions, uh, just imperative that they upgrade. They were thirtieth in DVOA against deep passes. They were twenty seventh in DVOA against the pass overall. So, uh, you know, I think they need to to, to upgrade from. Will Harris at free safety. Uh, he was one of the worst in the league. I think Marcus Williams makes a lot of sense for them. You know, that Campbell New Orleans connection maybe could, could play in, although I think Williams will have more options than going to a team this bad. So I don't know how realistic that is, but I think the Lions are kind of one of those teams. They have cap space, safety and corner, you know, just go down the list, you know, uh, both of those positions, just throw money at the guys at the top of the list. And if they don't want it, keep going and, and hope you, you know, you don't get too far down and you get some, some quality guys there. Um, because I, I think, you know, uh, they just need as much as they can. I think they need a veteran at the cornerback position, uh, at least one, because, you know, who knows with Okuda now, you know, how he's going to be over warrior, you know, kind of, hasn't really done enough. So, I mean, that's it. That secondary just needs to be overhauled. And then they, you know, we keep hearing they're going to be major players at wide receiver. Uh, they have a really good one in St. Brown. I think Reynolds, you know, has that chemistry with golf, but they could still use kind of a, uh, an alpha outside guy. So I think Cooper Robinson uh, do make sense for, for the lions here. Cause they, they do have some money to spend. So it's like them spending on a guy like Robinson. I don't hate as much as some of these other teams. Packers, your heavy favorite to win the NFC North at minus 200. Lions are plus 1,200 fourth of those four. We have two divisions down, two to go. Once again, it's Brendan Glasheen, Chris Raybon, NFL analyst of the Action Network, taking you team by team, division by division in the NFC on this podcast. If there's a team that you want to get specific insight on, we have timestamps marking each team. So we transition to the NFC South, which now looks strikingly bad across the board. But <laughs> oh my goodness. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, our next team. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are still your favorites at plus 150. Tom Brady has retired. They did franchise tag Chris Godwin. They still have pretty good pieces at linebacker. They do have weapons returning. Gronk allegedly is working out at the facility. Not allegedly. Like Bruce Arian said he's working out there, but still they don't know if he's going to come back or not. So a lot of questions looming around the Buccaneers. How do they stay contenders, Chris? What's the outlook? They need a quarterback. And I know they've, I've heard rumors that the succession plan was always Blaine Gabbard. I don't believe that. And I don't think they believe it either. But it is kind of worrisome because, you know, the guys that you would say, okay, probably fit the most, uh, they don't seem to be interested in, or not even fit the most, but just, you know, are the best guys out there. So Jameis Winston, you know, he can get the ball downfield, but they already did that. So then it doesn't look like they're interested in, in, in a, a reunion there. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, he does nothing but win when he's in a good situation. 
this is a good situation, but Arians want to push the ball down the field. Jimmy's not really a fit for that. So, so they've kind of said, Hey, we're, we're out on those two guys. So it's like, now I really don't know what you're doing here at quarterback. If you're the bucks and you know, could it really be a guy like Gabra? I don't know, but that's worrisome. Um, and then, you know, you also have a hole at guard now with, with Marpet retired cap is a free agent. Stinney hasn't been good. So maybe, maybe you also, you know, you don't, they don't have much cap space right now either. So, um, you know, maybe a Ted Karras or an Abushi at guard, but I, you know, it's, it's going to be all about the quarterback and how they can kind of figure that out. Because if not, I mean, this is in the NFC, this is your division to bet. Like, you know, the Bucs are plus 150, but this division is kind of wide open if Blaine Gabbert's starting a quarterback for the Bucs. I mean, like you said, it's just it's just not a good division. Anyone, It's anyone's division. We'll get to a team that Chris likes in particular in the NFC South. We'll go to the Saints next. They're plus 260, second favorite behind Tampa. New Orleans Saints. Questions around this team as well in terms of what are they going to do? Are they going to sell off any of these pieces? Are, are they in a rebuild? Are they not in a rebuild? You got some stars on offense and Camara. Uh, uh, you have Michael Thomas coming back, you think, and you got Cam Jordan who mans up that defense. Um, they've got a good secondary as well. Um, you're wondering though, what do they do at safety? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're second to last in cap space. You're about 45 million over the cap. So you're not going to be able to bring back Williams as we've talked about, you know, I've heard them link to Tyron Matthew, but like, how are they going to pay him? You know, he could, he might not fetch as much as Williams, but he's going to command a, a good chunk of money himself. Uh, I think a better option maybe would be a guy like Anthony Harris. Uh, I think he would only, I think he would cost under five mil a year. Um, but this team could be really bad. I mean, you know, especially, you know, who knows what's going on with Kamara. Like there's a lot of kind of uh, variance here. Cause I mean, they could be, they could win the division. I mean, they could they could end up going like Taysom Hill, Kamara, no legal issue. You know, Michael Thomas is back. The, the defense is still good enough. The O line is still good enough, and they could win the division, or they could just be abysmal. I mean, given you know, no Sean Payton here. You know yep. the, that the holes they have in the roster. So, I mean, it's not the worst bet. Any any team in this division outside of the Bucks is not the worst bet. But as you mentioned, I think there's a, a better option here than New Orleans because they're in, they're just in cap hell. Carolina Panthers. You're in and we go to the Carolina Panthers. There are questions around Matt rule, his security. Christian McCaffrey is in trade rumors now, once again, but you still feel the Panthers. Well, give us the path. Give us the path on the Panthers this off season, more specifically in free agency as to why you believe in them. Yeah, I mean, I don't believe in them. I'm, I'm in terms of like you know oh, Sam Darnold, but the value at plus yes. four hundred to win this wide open division. I mean, why not? I mean, you look at them; they have twenty two million cap space, uh, so that's the most in the division. Tampa Bay is over the cap. New Orleans is way over the cap. Uh, Atlanta is going to have a little more space now that Cal- with the Calvin Ridley situation, but uh, Carolina is still going to have probably over ten million dollars more than Atlanta. And I think Carolina already has a better roster than Atlanta, uh, arguably. So, uh, you know, I think Carolina is an interesting team. I mean, I think they're de- I think they can put some things together on defense. I think they have some pieces there. Uh, obviously they probably gonna have to revamp the secondary a little bit. Um, but I also think they can kind of cobble together, uh, an offensive line with this cap space. 
uh, it won't look quite as bad as it did last year. So last year they were kind of this like, you know, some people were like a little more bullish on them than I thought they should be. But this year, I mean, in this division, uh, as you know, with Blaine Gabbard and, and Matt Ryan, uh, old ghost of Matt Ryan and Taysom uh, Hill. It, it, we don't even know. Taysom Hill or I mean, it could be who knows? It could be Ian. Bo- I mean, who knows what, what's Ian going on Book. there? Right. Oh, like, man. I mean, it could it's just so wide open that when I I just see like the Panthers like, oh, yeah, like they might get to like seven, eight wins and win this division if things go really bad for Tampa Bay and they don't, and they don't find a quarterback and they're not able to replace, you know, some of the guys they lose on defense and whatnot. So uh, yeah, you know, it's not sexy, but Carolina plus 400, not, not the worst bet uh, at this time of year, especially given that they have the most cap space in the division. I think it is sexy more so because say you, because if you went like the Falcons, Atlanta Falcons, I, I don't know what to say. You know, notice how I'm like teeing Chris up, everybody. I'm like giving him a little nugget on each team. I have no idea what to say about the Falcons. What do they do? They, they, they have like no cap space. They're the bottom third of the league. They didn't draft a quarterback last year, and they, they're going to go with Matt Ryan again. They need help everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so the one thing you could say about the Falcons, and again, this is why I say like any team but the Bucs you can make a case for. The Falcons – one thing they did good last year, year one under Arthur Smith, was beat up on bad teams. They might have three bad teams in their division to beat up on. So, I mean, too. but oh, they're so bad. And I, I think they need an edge rusher. I, I really think they need at least one, if not two, because they were dead last in pressure rate. And that's like, you know, as we go through this podcast, I know a lot of people, a, a lot of the talk in free agency is around the same. It's like quarterbacks and wide receivers. And it's like, it just, this is just not a great free agency class for quarterbacks or wide receivers. And, and, you know, the draft, maybe wide receivers a little better quarterbacks. Eh. But so I, I look at the defensive side of the ball. I say, Hey, you know, you're going to have pressure. You're going to have to be able to cover. And that's why I'm, you know, I'm talking a lot more defense here because I think that's a little more attainable and it might be worth a little more if you're, you know, you, you can get pressure against some of these teams that are in these, you know, kind of, situations with the, the you know the lack of a quarterback so um uh, you know you can't blast and pressure rate and win in the national football league so uh, i think that's what the falcons need to do you know maybe nuosu from uh the chargers uh i think you could get him for under 10 mil lorenzo carter you could probably get him for under five mil those are some you know reasonable kind of um affordable guys because the falcons aren't gonna have a ton of cap space they're gonna have some and now they might need to re-sign russell gage um, now that they're not going to have real, I mean, you know, they're still going to need other receivers, but at the minimum, they might still need to resign Gage. And he probably won't cost too much. I would say, you know, seven, eight mil a year. Um, wouldn't be too bad. He actually played really well against man coverage. So I would be scared to see, you know, this offense. If you take a guy who averaged, uh, you know, 2.8 yards per route against man coverage out of the equation. Uh, so I think they would do well to sign Gage, but they're, they're going to need another guy. You know, maybe maybe the other thing that takes a flyer on Will Fuller, you know, playing indoors, maybe he can stay healthy. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's ugly for, for Atlanta. We make the turn for home. Four teams that folks are interested in because of the news recently and just it's the best division in the conference. The NFC West. We'll begin with the reigning Super Bowl champion. Los Angeles Rams. Chris, when you win the championship, there's not much you got to do to fix your team. Yeah, and this is why, you know, going back to our last episode, I said, about the Bengals, they're undervalued. The Rams are, like, kind of in the opposite situation where, yeah, they won the thing, but they're bottom three in cap space. They're 
probably going to be 20 mil over the cap. There's going to be a lot of guys that they just can't resign. So uh, I think they're going to prioritize Von Miller and maybe Odo Beckham. I don't know if you even need to prioritize Beckham. I know he gave you a lift, but obviously the injury, you have Woods coming back off the same injury. Maybe you can get by without that. Uh, I, I would say they need to make sure they go get Von Miller and, and keep him there because I think he really helped that, that pass rush who they, you know, they weren't necessarily getting a ton of pressure. They were getting home and getting sacks, but uh, I think Von Miller, it's kind of like the Chiefs where, you know, Ingram really helped adding that pass rush. I think Miller really helped. So that's the guy I would focus on, but yeah, you're going to see them lose a, a, a ton of guys. Uh, I think from last year, a couple guys on the O-line uh, Williams, that corner, uh, so I, there's not much they can do, but I, I would prioritize Miller if I were the Rams. And I think yeah, that's what they're going to do. feels like Miller's, there's going to be a bidding war for Von Miller now. He's like, well, you know, I mean, the, the Broncos <laughs> called me and Hey, yeah. the chiefs called me. So the, you know, the Rams, they just keep spending. They very well could. They might need to be another one of those teams that just ends up going after those guys on the one year deals and, and trying to run it back with, you know, like a Ingram or a Houston, because they might just not be able to afford a Von Miller. San Francisco 49ers. Let's go to the San Francisco 49ers because they were a playoff team as well. And they got all the way to the NFC title game falling to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, They don't have much room in cap space. Rumors of Tom Brady maybe going there, but we'll leave that to the side. They've got to upgrade at corner and maybe they're going to Trey Lance because there's reports now with Carson Wentz going to the commanders of Washington. Jimmy Garoppolo is on the list for the Colts, which then would mean Trey Lance gets the keys to San Francisco's kingdom. Mm. Yeah, I mean, cap space-wise, that would be good for San Francisco. That would free up about $26 million. So right now they're about $1 million over the cap. So uh, trading Garoppolo would really open things up for San Francisco. So this is a sneaky team to bet on this time of year as well. Um, they're plus 180 to win the North. That's second place behind uh, the Rams. They're plus 550 to win the conference. That, that's third place behind the Ram Packers. So they're a sneaky team because they could get better, like a lot better uh, if Lance can kind of, you know, unlock that offense. And he could actually be an upgrade on Garoppolo. You know, he didn't necessarily play like it. And Garoppolo has – uh, an excellent win-loss record with the franchise, but uh, it's conceivable that Lance could be an upgrade. And then you would have, you know, $25 million in cap space. And you already have a pretty good roster, good coaches. So there's a lot of upside with this team uh, right now, where it's like, you know, we don't know exactly what they're going to do. Uh, but yeah, cornerback has to be it. Uh, I look at guys like uh, Casey Hayward could be an option. I think DJ Reed Jr. of the Seahawks, you know, he's quietly graded as a top 15 corner each of the last two years, according to PFF. So um, he's a guy that, you know, wouldn't even be super expensive, uh, but could really upgrade them. Uh, I think if they have the cap space, you know, maybe even go after a Carlton Davis. Uh, you know, I think he's a, a guy that, you know, in their scheme uh, would play, w- would fit very well. So um, cornerback just has to be what they look for uh, first and foremost for San Fran. And I've, you know, heard the rumors that they could be interested in a, uh, a Juju Smith-Schuster uh, as well. So, um, you know, maybe upgrade that that receiver room a little bit, that, that, that third spot. But, yeah, cornerback for them, and they're a dangerous team. Just a tick behind the Rams in terms of odds to win the NFC West. Then you have the Cardinals, who were the talk of the league last year. I think it was, what, 8-0 or 9-0? Was it 9-0? They were the last unbeaten team, I believe. 
That's right. So the Cardinals, they fall short to the Rams in the postseason. Arizona Cardinals. What do the Cardinals do? Of course, I think Kyler Murray's back, or at least he's back on the, the Arizona map. As he's a, back on he, IG. He's back yeah, on exactly. Instagram. I was just going to say, in the social <laughs> media world, he's back. But what can the Cardinals do to upgrade and keep pace with the two teams that knocked him off? I mean, cornerback is their glaring weakness. You know, they were one of the worst teams in terms of their perimeter corners. Uh, Robert Alfred's a free agent. You have Murphy. You have Marco Wilson. They didn't play well. Uh, maybe you try for a reunion with Rasul Douglas. You know, he was on their practice squad before Green Bay poached him. Uh, you know, Chris Harris is another guy that could come cheap. Achilleo Witherspoon, uh, another guy that could come cheap and has some some upside to give you some quality snaps. Maybe uh, Steven Nelson, another guy, a little, little bit more expensive, probably in that seven mil range. Um, but I think they need to sign multiple uh, kind of value veteran cornerbacks and just hope that they hit. Um, because you know we know their offense is 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 going to be decent with with Kyler there, but they they just need to kind of upgrade that cornerback because you're still going to have to deal with Cooper Cup and the Rams and the Seahawks have two great receivers even if they don't have Russell Wilson. The Niners have Debo Samuel, they have Kittle, they have Ayuk, so they have you know they still have a dangerous passing game even if it's Trey Lance. So that secondary for Arizona has to get better. Seattle Seahawks. Before we wrap up, the Seattle Seahawks, they get a ton of draft picks and some players in the Russell Wilson trade. They're going to release Bobby Wagner. So you move off the Wilson contract. You make the cut of Wagner to free up some room. So they're top 10 in the league now in cap space, $33 million. Who knows what they do with their other spots, too? If they move off guys, do they go complete rebuild? How does Pete Carroll factor into all of this? What is the outlook for Seattle? That's a loaded question when you think about it because of what they're – we don't really know what they want to do yet. I think you have to go complete rebuild. And I think that's why the minute they traded Russ, well, first of all, they traded Russ, right? Like, you know, that's kind of the signal right there. They, they traded Russ for a boatload of picks and, and Drew Locke and, you know, a couple other guys. But uh, that kind of signals a rebuild. And then they go ahead and release Wagner. So this is a rebuild. So, you know, I don't think they're going to re-sign guys like Dwayne Brown and Quandre Diggs and, and Brandon Shell and – Rashad Penny and, you know, even uh, Pochick on the O-line, you know, I, I just think they're going to go full rebuild uh, and kind of be flexible and, and put them, you know, because they need a, a home run now, you know, they have cap space, they have flexibility. Uh, so, so they're a team that they, they just need to be flexible. They need a home run. I think, you know, if you are going to go after uh, anyone in free agency, I, I would want a young building block, especially at a position like corner where you have struggled over the years. So I think Carlton Davis could be a good fit here. You know, he's still 25. He was a top 30 corner last year. Uh, I think he could fit in well, but if I'm Seattle, I wouldn't expect them to kind of make a, a bunch of these kind of veteran moves that they've made in the past. I think it's going to be all young guys and, and just hold on to the cap space. All right, that's going to do it for us, everybody. Once again, be sure to check out the full podcast and file through some of those stamps. Thanks to Tina. Uh, Addressing each team, if you have a team you want to eye individually or also check out a team you're more curious about, Chris goes in-depth, team-by-team in the NFC. Also, once again, check out the Action Network podcast that highlights the AFC when it comes to NFL Free Agency 2022. For Chris Raybon, 
Brendan Glasheen. Thanks for tuning in to the Action Network podcast. Be on the lookout down the road here, folks. We have plenty of content coming later this week for UFC. We preview Saturday, the main card, and also next week we dive into March Madness, college basketball. We get Selection Sunday, and then we're going to dive into everything as it pertains to the madness in college basketball. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.